Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. I stand amazed at what God has joined together. Cause with the good times, there were a few bad days. But we held on to the promise, the promises we made on the first day. I still choose you to have hope until we're all Hello, and welcome to the Covenant Love Couples Chat. My name is Christina Scott. And my name is Leonard Scott, and we are broadcasting to you live from Atlanta, Georgia. The Couples Chat is brought to you tonight by the Sacred Covenant Group, a nonprofit ministry where our mission simply is to assist married couples in fulfilling God's plan for strong and committed marriages. Amen. All right, so before we get our way this evening, let's have a quick word of prayer. We thank you, Lord Jesus, for this day, this opportunity that you allow us to see. We pray your blessings upon us as we do the show tonight. We pray that the word will go forth and, and not go on deaf ears. We know, Lord, that your word is true, and we speak the truth tonight according to your word. And we pray that your will be done in each and every one of our marriages as we receive and get information uh, that could help us, Lord. We just pray that we will be able to process it and apply it to our own marriages. And we just pray that in Jesus' name that this will happen. Amen. Amen. Amen, amen. Well, good evening, everyone. Welcome back to those returning listeners to our show. And for new folks out there who are tuning in for the first time, we give you a special welcome and good evening on tonight. Amen. During our last show, we began a very important series uh, of a topic that, you know, people want more of, but it's rarely discussed in church. And that topic is marital sexual fulfillment. And the title of our show, our series, is called Between the Sheets for Married Couples. And last week we started with part one of our series. Very, very informative show, I hope, for you all. And if you have not had an opportunity to listen to that show, we pray that you'll go back and listen to part one uh, in addition to the remaining parts of our series. You know, the bottom line is that that God wants us to live a life that is pleasing to him in all areas of our lives and in our marriages. And God approves of sexual happiness in marriage. A lot of people don't, don't believe that that's 
something that they should be uh, uh, should be attained, but it is obtainable, especially for Christians who who attempt to follow uh, God's word. Amen. In our last discussion, <clears throat> excuse me, our last show, we discussed in detail the first four of seven factors that negatively influence our marital sexual relations. And if you can recall, those four were number one, negative attitudes; number two. Victorian morals, number three, our environment, and number four, past fornication, okay? And tonight, we will be discussing the remaining three factors, which Patsy Ray Dawson, the esteemed author of the book, Why God's People Make the Best Lovers, she calls these things the pitfalls. These three factors we're going to talk about called the pitfalls of sexual relations. Christina? Amen. And I like the word pitfall because uh, pitfalls is an excellent term for these factors because that's exactly what they are. What we're going to talk about tonight are the things that can actually block our God-given sexual response. And a lot of these things or most of these things have uh, occurred or could have occurred in our lives as a result of mental programming both directly and indirectly, for many years. And by mental program, what I mean is that somewhere in society someone told you that or you saw that or you were taught that from family, friends, whoever, societal influences. And no matter how old you are or how young you are, at some point in your life, you may have been influenced or still being influenced by one of these three pitfalls. Because, again, the word of God and the world are two different things, the way that God sees the situation is very different from the world. And our our goal is to show you and to teach what God is saying. And so the three pitfalls that we're going to talk about are, uh, one, the belief in techniques. Belief in techniques. And when I'm talking about techniques, I mean in the bedroom techniques. You know what I mean? <laughs> Number Techniques? two, mental adultery. <laughs> Number two is mental adultery. Mental adultery, and what I mean by that is fantasizing, masturbation, pornography. Did you just say masturbation on the radio? Yes, I said masturbation on the radio. That's right. Um, And lastly, it's sexual abuses, sexual abuses. So we're going to talk about those three pitfalls on this show, okay? So number one, the belief in the techniques, belief in techniques. Again, Society has taught us or has erroneously taught us that to have good or great, exciting sex, that you have to use, you know what it is, toys, books, (laughs) foods, et cetera, you know, stuff you get from those stores that you see along the road in not the best neighborhoods. That's what we're talking about. That's stuff from them places, okay? Um. Now, using these things can produce what happens is an adrenaline rush. And the problem is that the rush disappears when the novelty of the new technique or the new toy or the new mechanism wears off. So each time that you actually engage in lovemaking with techniques, you are starting over again. So each time, now you have to jumpstart your body to get that adrenaline rush. So you're conditioning your body to respond to a particular stimuli. And so the reliance on those techniques 
by doing that prevents us from focusing our minds and our own attitudes on ourselves. That's right. Because if you remember in the last show when we talked about, um, like, our mind, our negative attitudes, in order to really be engaged and to focus on yourself and to have that spiritual oneness, you have to be focused on them and also on your own mind and your own attitude. So when you use the techniques, what we're saying is that it prevents that. Um, so the Word of God, you know, because this is, we're talking about the Bible here, declares in Matthew 6.24, and if you have your Bibles, please turn to that. Very familiar passage of Scripture. It says that you cannot serve two masters. You will be devoted to one and despise the other. So in application to what we're saying is that, in other words, you either are focusing on mastering the techniques that you bought from the store or that you're using with the things you bought from the store, or you're focusing on mastering your attitude concerning your love, your trust, your desire, and your reliance on your spouse. So you can't do both. You can't focus your attitude on those things and focus on them and also focus on the techniques and the toys and the goods that you got. Uh, Another Bible example, if you got your Bible again, um, turn to Proverbs, Proverbs chapter 7. Verses 4 and 5. And I'm not going to read the whole verse or whole chapter, excuse me, but if you have time, please do so, okay, because it talks about the warning against the adulteress. And the Amplified Bible, it says, say to skillful and godly wisdom, you are my sister, and regard understanding or insight as your intimate friend, that they may keep you from the loose woman, the adventurous who flatters with and makes smooth her words, okay? So God is saying here, use wisdom and insight to stay away from the adulteress, to stay away from the kind of person that is a loose woman. So and so this passage is also showing us the kind of lifestyle, I think, that hinders a woman from finding sexual fulfillment with her husband because she's out there with her words and, and flattery, you know, techniques. Um, to persuade. And again, what we're saying is that the true mental or the true spiritual connection between a man and a woman and a husband and a wife is through exactly through that, through that spiritual intimacy and not through using techniques and sensuous delights to achieve some type of sexual release. And when you talk about techniques, I mean, I know some of you are maybe familiar with or seen those books that we talk about. You know, there's all kind of books on techniques, literally. Oh, yeah. Literally on techniques. So, you know, (laughs) for those of you who don't know what I'm talking about, you know, just trust what I'm saying. There's books that are out there um, that literally in very explicit detail and picture shows techniques. And, again, these books they're doing is they're focusing on the body, but God focuses on the mind and the spirit. So, and here's, you know, the thing for, and I'm a woman, so for women in particular, you have to think about this. And for most ladies, you know that it's true what I'm about to say. Our bodies will respond according to how we feel or think at the moment, right? We're going to respond to how we feel at that moment or what we think at that moment. If we're mad, we're going to have a certain response. If we're not mad, we're going to have a certain response. And that goes into the bedroom as well. So if you are mad at your spouse or 
you're pretending not to be mad, but you really are mad from something they did yesterday <laughs> or two days ago, it's going to affect your response. Okay? So what we're saying, again, going back to the attitude and the mind, if, the, if you take care of your attitude or if you have the right attitude, then your body is going to take care of itself and give yourself over to the, the correct sexual response that you should have with your, with your husband. So particularly with women, I think it's a little bit different. I think Larry's going to talk about that a little later. It's different with the man, but particularly for a woman, it, it, you really have to watch that attitude and have the correct attitude. Um, and, again, if you're going to focus on techniques and do those things, you know, you really might not have to have the attitude. And see, that's the, the trick sort of because if you're focused on the techniques and these things, you, you are not focusing on your own attitude and your, the attitude and, the, again, the, the love and desire of your spouse. So what we're saying, people of God, is that you risk a tremendous amount of sexual happiness by going to the wisdom of man, to the books, to the tapes, to the toys, the movies, the worldly advice, whatever, in order to learn to love your spouse. Amen. You know, this technique thing, it runs deep, and it really goes more, I mean, in, in so many different areas. And you talked about the books that are out there showing positions and uh, you know, various toys that are out there. Um, I mean, just to kind of give you a, a real-life example of just a technique outside of the sexual realm, we're talking just how technique is used in general. Like when you buy a new car or when you're shopping for a new car, you know, what kind of smell is in that car? It's, it's, it's what they call pheromones. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> a new the car purpose, smell. <laughs> uh, yeah, new, what, what is typically known as new car smell. New car smell, right. What that is designed to do is to entice you to, you know, buy the vehicle. And it's really interesting that after you, you know, if you're enticed and you buy the vehicle, uh, that smell eventually goes away. And it's, so at that point, you know, a lot of people, you know, they get tired of new cars pretty quickly. I, I know some people that, you know, after one, two, three years, they're ready to go back and get another one <laughs> because they want right. to experience that new newness, uh, that new car smell, that, that that fresh aroma that they, they experienced um, when they first bought that vehicle. And then you know, the same thing kind of, you know, goes what we're talking about. I mean, there are people who believe that you can't have sex without incense candles. Um, there has to be a certain music going on. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we have to have our, all, you know, some of our clothes on, all, all the clothes on have to be this, have to be that. And those all revolve around technique. Right. And so we're really asking you all to to do a self-evaluation just to make sure that you're not being reliant on certain technique to experience sexual fulfillment. As Christina said, we, we are trying to get to a point where we are enjoying one another just because we are with one another and not because of the various um, things that we are using uh, to try and get us to a point of, of sexual fulfillment. Amen. All right, so that was pitfall number one, belief in techniques. And we could spend a lot of time on that one point alone, yeah. but we really must move on it. tonight. <laughs> yeah, you could literally do a whole session on that. Mm-hmm. Um, technique by technique, each one. <laughs> no, you're right. You're right. <laughs> and when we have our recap show or, you know, open forum after our our series here between the sheets is over, you know, this would be a good time for, you know, if people want to talk about various techniques and things that, the, you know, that are hindering them, really, 
from experiencing what God has called us to experience. And so uh, we will be having that, that open forum and that show after our series is over. All right, so let's go to pitfall number two. Mental adultery. Mental adultery. We're talking about fantasizing, specifically masturbation and pornography. Okay? And I was joking about, you know, using more masturbation, but if you know anything about, if you've listened to any of our shows, uh, we've been on the air almost three years now, we don't hold back, don't pull any punches when it comes to uh, relating with what a guy has to say. And um, so we're not scared. We, we put it out there with the hopes that somebody or some couple will be freed from, you know, those things that are hindering them for experiencing from, excuse me, from experiencing what God has called us to experience in our marriage. And uh, so that's why we go there and uh, without fear, because we know that God's way is the best way. Amen. Amen. All right. Pitfall number two, mental adultery. I'm sure that many of you, you know, you you know where we can go with this. Um, But others out there really might not know. And uh, there's a lot of distortion in the world concerning what's okay and what's not okay in our marriages. And, uh, you know, if you listen to our show, you know that we are ministering from the Word of God concerning marriage, and we will always, we will always seek to show you and tell you what the Bible has to say about the topics that we discuss on our show. And we definitely want you to understand what God says so that you can go to the next level uh, in your walk with the Lord and ultimately in your marriages. So when it comes to mental adultery, we must answer the question, what is mental adultery? Well, Hopefully you're taking notes. Mental adultery is when you satisfy your sexual desires with your own mind or your own actions instead of your spouse satisfying these sexual desires. Okay? Let me read that again. Mental adultery is when you satisfy your own your sexual desires with your own mind or your own actions instead of your spouse satisfying these sexual desires. Okay. And again, we're going to deal with fantasies, pornography, and masturbation. Not in all a lot of detail tonight due to time, but we're going to touch bases on these things because they are important. Um, you know, for example, we talk about fantasies. You know, just doing something as subtle as substituting someone else and maybe a daydream you might be having or a thought that you might be having, uh, even especially if it's a, a bedroom scene, or, you know, you having sexual relations and you substitute your spouse for another person. Mm. Um, yeah. Or wow. maybe if you're masturbating to a, a pornographic magazine and, sex, and, and, you know, so you're in essence substituting your spouse for another person. Um, these are the kinds of things that we're talking about. Amen. So sub-point bullet here under... Mental adultery, let's talk about fantasies, okay? Fantasies are imagined ideas, stories, visual art. I love that, visual art. (laughs) (laughs) Visual art. Oh, my goodness, yes, yes. Fictional, Fictional scenarios or inventions, amen, that are not pleasing to God and which cause us to sin, Okay. And dwelling on sinful fantasies may prompt actions resulting in physical or spiritual harm to ourselves and others. 
You know, in Proverbs chapter 15, verse 26, it says that the Lord hates evil thoughts, but he is pleased with friendly words. Amen. And that simple fantasy is an evil thought, and God is not pleased. Right. I like that. And in Philippians chapter 4, verse 8, it says, fill your minds with those things that are good and that deserve praise, things that are true, noble, right, pure, lovely, and honorable. Okay? Jesus himself taught us to desire things that are not sinful. Okay? And in Matthew chapter 5, verses 27 through 28, you've heard that Moses said, you shall not commit adultery, but I say to you that everyone who looks at a woman with lustful intent has already committed adultery with her in his heart. Amen. So this kind of lives towards, you know, the fantasizing, the fantasies, um, thinking or or dreaming of other people um, when it comes to sexual fluent. Amen. Amen. Engaging in fantasies with someone other than your spouse is actually being, it is defiling to your flesh and ultimately to your mind, and it prepares your mind for a real affair. See, that's the problem when you have these kind of fantasies and you open the gate of your mind to this stuff. Uh, it actually is, is, is better preparing you for to fall in a situation where you might have an opportunity to have an affair on your spouse. Wow. And, uh, and ultimately it's going to cause you not to unite emotionally with your spouse. Um, so that's why, you know, the devil is so crafty. You know, yes, he's just, yes. <laughs> I mean, every little thing that he can do to open that door, open that gate to where it will be easier for you to send down the road, that's what he will do. And uh, that's why it's so careful that we guard our hearts, we guard our minds and our ears and eyes from what we let in our bodies. And um, so we must do that if we're, we're going right. to be successful. Yeah, and you can't, and I think that, um, you know, we, again, we seek to to get you to freedom by the blood of Jesus Christ and by God's right. word. And I think a lot of, again, the world has erroneously taught people, it's okay to have a fantasy, it's okay to dream about it or think about it as long as you don't act on it. But what they right. don't tell you is that when you dream about it and think about it, you are preparing your body to act on it. So if someone comes along in the office that, you know, looks your way a certain way and, and you know, you are mad at your spouse, you could end up in an affair. And, and you know, people who've had affairs, and I've met lots of them in the kind of work that I do as a, a divorce mediator. So, you know, none of them prepare, none of them just willingly wanted to do it. It's not something that they all planned to do. They didn't plan it. It's something that happened because of the situation. Um, and you have to guard your heart and your mind. You can't put your eyes on everything. You can't go everywhere that you want to go per se because of those things. And what you open your ear and your eye gate to can, uh, you know, lead you down the wrong path that eventually could end up in sin, okay? Because, you know, God says that we can sin as thought, word, and deed. So even in our thoughts, and that's what we're talking about with these, when we say the mental adultery and the fantasies and so forth. Amen. Amen. All right, so let's move on to another sub-bullet point here under mental adultery, and that's pornography. And, and 
you know, we could literally spend a series on pornography and, and dealing with that and how do we get past that. But we just wanted to mention tonight, you know, that particularly for men, you know, it has to be said, particularly for men, we don't necessarily require mental intimacy with a person to enjoy sex. I, mean, I think it's pretty well known that that's the case. Uh, we, we, we can focus totally on physical and, and, you know, get to a point where, you know, we, you know, enjoy the experience, ejaculate, whatever you want to call it, <laughs> you know, very, pretty quickly and without a lot of stimulus. And that's why pornography is very dangerous, very, very dangerous, especially in marriage. You know, fantasies cause and, and, and pornography causes men to remain mentally immature, to be honest. And uh, if we don't check that and deal with that, it will cause us to be immature to a point where we can't enjoy our spouse. And, you know, that all goes towards the, the techniques that we talk about, artificial. This is one of the examples of artificial techniques, mm, your hands, yeah. you know, or other, whatever you're using. Um and uh, you know these things when you're when you're doing pornography and you're and you're and you're looking at these things and you're and you're ejaculating the pictures and images, um, you become to you get to a point that you're unable to solve problems and deal effectively with real life person, real life situations. Mm, wow. So you know when you enter this realm of pornography, and I know that something it's something that's very prevalent out there. Um, you know, you you're, you get to a point where you can't even deal with real life, and and uh, and I implore you, if you are you know in the the dealing with pornography in your life, um, you know that you seek help, and that you you know go to God with it because it's something that has to be dealt with if you are uh, to reach the sexual fulfillment with your spouse that God has called us um, to have. Amen. Like I said, we could spend a whole series on that, but we. But we definitely just wanted to touch bases and put it out there that pornography will hinder you from experiencing sexual fulfillment in your marriage. Also, kind of we kind of touched on just now, masturbation. Masturbation. And, uh, you know, one of the great dangers of masturbation is that it teaches or conditions the body to respond apart from the spouse. You don't need the spouse. Mm-hmm. I, I was able to experience, well, you know, a, a level of fulfillment without the partner. So mentally, in that alone, you're, you're conditioning your heart, your body and your mind that I can be successful, I can succeed, I can do what I need to do without my spouse being involved at all. And all that does is cause separation. You know, we, we talk about oneness a lot on this show, and uh, that's really the backbone of, of, of our marriages, according to God. And when you're doing things like that, you're causing separation, not oneness. Mm-hmm. And particularly with men, you know, self-stimulation numbs the penis's sensation during intercourse. Okay, even if the husband is visualizing his wife, even while masturbating. Okay, so it's all going towards uh, not allowing you to respond to your wife sexually. Um, that's depriving her and yourself um, of the rights of, of sexual fulfillment. And according to First uh, Corinthians chapter seven, verse three, it says the husband should fulfill his wife's sexual needs, and the wife should fulfill her husband's needs. Not, it doesn't say the husband should fulfill his own sexual needs. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> and, and vice versa. Yeah, Lord. Mm-hmm. And you know, um, you know, in terms of masturbation, 
it goes for the wife as well. I mean, there are women out there, you might be listening to this show, um, that use various methods and toys, techniques um, to conduct masturbation on your own bodies. And, you know, as Christina talked about earlier, all these things are doing is causing much damage um, to ourselves mentally because they are conditioning your mind and your body to only respond to a certain condition or stimuli. That's ultimately what it's doing. What it's doing, yeah. And you might not think about that at the time, but you keep doing it, you keep doing it, you keep doing it, and then you get to a point where, you know, all of a sudden you're wondering why your spouse is not satisfying you anymore mm-hmm. or, or, or doesn't even come close to, to getting you to where you need to want to be. And um, and that's why, because you have found another way, and, and, and after a while you believe that that really is, is the only way for you to, to reach uh, that pinnacle um, that you are trying to reach in sexual experience. Christina? Mm-hmm. Well, Leonard, I'm glad that you brought up the topic of marital rights um, because that is what pitfall number three deals with, and it's sexual abuses. Um, because the marital rights that you talk about in 1 Corinthians 7 and 3, again, says husband should fulfill his wife's needs and the wife should fulfill her husband's needs. So, again, you know, if you're doing your own thing, then you're not fulfilling the, the other spouse's needs. Um, and the same thing kind of is happening with sexual abuses because sexual abuses between spouses occur when we actively engage in or refuse refuse to engage in actions or activities that violate our, our spouse's God-ordained benefits and sexual rights. Mm-hmm. So wow. let me give an example of this, and I think this will make it pretty clear for most people. When you continually deny the other spouse fulfillment of their God given desires when you withhold sex, in other words. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Yeah. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Something <laughs> that most people are very guilty of in a marriage. You know, you're mad, so you're going to withhold. You know, I'm just mad at you. I'm not feeling you right now. This is actually <laughs> a sin against God, your spouse and yourself, because we just showed you in First Corinthians 7 and 3, the right of the other spouse. So, again, I know it might be a very common practice among many spouses. However, it's not God's way of doing things. So if you don't feel like it or not in the mood, make sure you give your spouse a time window, uh, I would say within the next 24 hours, in which you will be ready. And I think we've mentioned this before in previous shows as well concerning this um, because going back to Corinthians, 1 Corinthians 7 and 5 says to do not deprive each other of sexual relations. Bam, right there. Unless you both agree to refrain from sexual intimacy for a limited time so you can give yourself more completely to prayer. Afterward, you should come together again so that Satan won't be able to tempt you because of your lack of self-control. Right. So there it is. God's telling you, yes, you, you, you do not deprive the other person unless you both have agreed because you're fasting or you're seeking God with prayer for a particular thing, and so you're saying we're going to abstain during this time. But he's saying afterwards, you know, you should come back together immediately. So when we when we play these games and we withhold, you know, it, it's not God's way. And so, again, we have to get back to trying to do the things that God is saying and, and to, to free ourselves of the tricks of the enemy and to not allow him to use them against us. Um, and so, again, that's an abuse. That's a sexual abuse. Now, other sexual abuses, of course, are adultery. We've talked about that before in a show. Uh, swinging, 
Partner wow. swapping. Swinging is kind of partner swapping. Okay. People do that, um, unfortunately. Yeah. And these are also abuses that married couples should not and should not be a part of. Okay. These things are not okay in the Word of God. There is nothing in the Word of God that you will find that will condone or give you uh, a, a, a leeway to swap partners, even if you agree. Because people say, oh, but if it's agreement, no. But it, it can't violate the Word of God. Okay, and those things violate the Word of God. Another um, sexual abuse that a lot of people probably have not thought about um, could occur through flirtation. Okay, and this, again, is, is little discussed because we've been taught, oh, it's okay to flirt, little innocent flirtations with third parties are okay. Well, there's no such thing as an innocent flirtation. <laughs> right. It doesn't exist because each innocent or naive encounter inhibits the mind from total enjoyment of the spouse because in your mind, you're sort of already joining with that other person by, by going through the flirtation um, experience. You have to recognize right. the power of your mind over your body's response. So when we talk about the innocent lunch outings with coworkers or old friends, you know, you agree to meet them for lunch or do whatever, you know, dinners. Well, you know, it's it's dangerous because again, in your mind, you may be attracted to them physically because you you know why would you meet with them if there wasn't you know a reason? And again, you know, I know this can be probably controversial for a lot of people, but the word of God is clear. We you know. God tells us that narrow is the path to righteousness, okay? Straight is the way. It's a narrow path, not a wide gate. So when we talk about holiness and living according to what God wants. So when you, when you open that door to something even that small, eventually your, your body is going to follow your mind. And entertaining these type of interactions and conversations increase your chance of breaking your vows. As I told you, I've met lots and lots of people who have uh, been in adulterous affairs they started from stuff like this, innocent flirtation, different things. They didn't plan on cheating on themselves. They didn't, like, have this grand plan and say, okay, in year seven, I'm going to cheat. You know, no one does that um, for the most part. So, but this is how they occur. And, again, can't go everywhere, can't do everything. And we have to guard our minds, people of God, guard our hearts against these types of interactions, you know, because they've happened to all of us. Or had the, you, most of us have had those opportunities. You can't walk down every path. Right. That's right. You for some reason, that. yeah. For some, for some reason, people like playing with fire. You know, right? It's just, exactly. It's a good. It's good playing example. with literally playing with fire. And, you know, just like right now, this phenomenon is going on, which is just mind-boggling. You know, people setting each other on fire. You know, and then showing oh, literally, how, yeah. literally, and just mm-hmm. to see how quickly they can put the flames out. You know, before anything mm-hmm. bad happens to them. Mhm. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, how how ridiculous is that? Is that yeah yeah so. You're literally playing with fire and putting your life on the line just to play some to to be able to say you wanted some kind of game, and uh, and many people have died as a result of this game that's going on. Mm-hmm. Well, in the same way, I mean, you play with fire when it's a result of the flirtation, as Christina has mentioned. Uh, eventually, you, you're going to lose because, it, as we've talked about in previous shows. It's not natural. Monogamy is really not a natural, uh, natural. inclination. Right. Uh, we're the only species that God has called to be monogamous. That's right. Amen. And uh, so when we try and test that, test that, 
oh, I can handle it, or I can handle the situation, and 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 not give it. I mean, you're you're just playing with fire, and uh, I just hope that that analogy uh, rings in your mind um, if if you are putting yourself in that situation, or the next time that you are in that situation. Right. Amen. The the last example of sexual abuse is um, also. Uh, can occur or things that I think that we can control if you're a parent out there, a parent can also commit sexual abuse against their own children when they refuse Mm -hmm. to give their children a healthy sex education so that they are not left to the wrong influence of society. So by teaching our children correctly about sex and marriage, the parents, as parents, we can actually help prevent other people from wearing down our children's reluctance to have sex. Mm -hmm. So again, you know, it's, the reverse is true. We have to talk to them correctly about sex, about the proper context of, of sex and marriage so that they understand what it is, so that someone out there in the world or in society can tell them the opposite thing. And if, if you know, you continue to teach them correctly, you pray for them, and, and they have this reluctance, that's a good thing to have sex. They yeah. should have a reluctance as a child or even yeah. as a teenager. You know, it can be done. I believe that it can be done in Jesus' name, um, that God can raise up godly children, through godly parents to make good and right decisions. But we don't, we don't want to commit the abuse against them, so we want to tell them and give them the healthy um, way in which to be educated about sex. We don't want to do like a lot of our parents did, which is not talk to us at all and not tell us a darn thing about anything. So right. We, right. we want to break that cycle if, if that cycle has existed in your family. And for those of you who did have that education, that's a wonderful thing. And you want to continue to perpetuate that with the future generations so that they can understand God's way, first of all. Amen. 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 That's huge. That is huge. And I, I know when you first said that sexual abuse from a parent, I, I bet a lot of people's minds went to uh, they were having intercourse or molesting their children. Um, mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. To, when you talk about abuse being not even sharing healthy education about sex right. with children, that, that's powerful. Um, and like you said, many of us have experienced that. I experienced it in my own home where it wasn't talked about and I was left to, to be educated by those who are not of God. And, mm-hmm. uh, and that, right. that can take kind of slippery slope real quick. So um, right. if you have children, we, we implore you not to be uh, ignorant in the situation and not and just think that just because they're going to church, um, just because they're going that to great school, yeah. Mm-hmm. That uh, they're getting the, the sexual education that they should be getting, <laughs> according to the Word of God. Right, and and if you need a scripture on that, and I can't recall the address, but it says, "Train up a trial in the way in which they should go, and when they are old, they will not depart." So that is the Word of God. They're saying you train them up in the way. That training them up in the way is telling them what sex is for, what God created it for. So it's part of the training, according to God, and, and not just reading Bible scripture. To them. Amen. That's not enough. It's not enough. You, you got to be real with them. So, um, amen. All right. Well, we are out of time, but we are not a, out of word. Always remember that marriage is an investment, and its success is directly proportional to the time and work that you put into it. Let's close tonight's session with a quick word of prayer, Christina. Amen. Father God, in Jesus' name, we thank you for this opportunity, Lord, to go through your word and to talk about the things, oh God, that are important to you, oh God, that you desire for us to have fulfilled sexual relationships and that you desire for our minds to be unhindered by abuses, by 
beliefs and techniques and by these things, oh God, that the society has taught us or, or tried to teach us, Lord. We focus on you and turn to the word right now, God. And we pray, God, that you would work with every marriage, oh God, move through every couple right now, God, who is experiencing problems in this area, Lord, that they might reach a greater level of fulfillment, that they might be free in Jesus' name. Lord, we thank you and praise your name for all that you continue to do for us, God. We thank you, Lord, for your divine grace and your mercy for us through Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, amen. Well, thank you again for listening to this show. If you have any questions about tonight's topic, please, please email us at sacredcovenantgroup at gmail.com. And if you believe that this show can help other married couples out there, please direct them to our website at www.sacredcovenantgroup.com. Amen. Our next show will be next month, uh, so be sure to check your email for the exact date uh, of that show. And until next time, we wish you peace, prosperity, and most importantly, strong and committed marriages as we move forward in this journey together. God bless you all, and good night. Good night. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.